Welcome, everyone, to another issue of Tales from the Spinner Rack. My name is Matt. I'm Corbin. I'm Jay. And today we have a special guest with us from Read a Comic Book. We want to welcome in Anthony. Thank you for joining us today, Anthony. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm happy to be here and actually have human contact. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> with that. <sighs> so here we are, another uh, Spinner Rack episode. Same Spinner Rack time, same Spinner Rack channel. Um, this week, there's still no no new comic books. We're on what, like week, what, like six, five? I lost count. No comic book, no new comic books. I was to check the tick marks on the wall. Right? <laughs> Just <laughs> drilling them in with your nail. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's been it's been a while. It's been a while. Let's just say I'm just I'm ready. I am ready for some books. Got too much money in my bank right now. I don't know what to do with it. Right? That's oh, a problem, I, man. That's a problem. I wish I had those problems. That's not <laughs> yeah, well. Jay has taken up reading his kids' Berenstein Bears or Berenstein Bears books, and he's like, it's just not the same. It's no, just it's not, not the same. It's not. That, uh, that mouse, that mouse alive, wanting a cookie. So a baby bear can't grow up to be a hero. Right? Oh, goodness. <laughs> but good news, next week there are new books in your bookstores. All the Diamond stuff is shipping out, except for Marvel. So if you're a Marvel fan, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. So what are you going to do? It, I think oh, it, well. What? Do you have a question? Something real quick before we transition here. Um, who won DC's uh, Justice League challenge? I've been um, thinking of this every day. It was not you. It <laughs> happened to be Mike from Grizzle Geek. Are you kidding me? Nope. Mike from Grizzle Geek got the majority of the vote. How? Because he drafted a better team. Who is voting? Who? <laughs> I need to see this. He drafted a better I team. I had the best. Okay. Okay. You had Voters, the Bat family. You had the Bat that family works. and like the Superman knockoffs. He okay. he drafted a legitimate okay. powerhouse team. First of all, I actually had Superman and Supergirl and Batwoman and Nightwing and Robin. Like Gary I just did I not I, just I, say the Bat family and the Superman I, family. No, no. I had yes, that's the I mean, best you did say Superman world. knockoff. Thank oh, you, Anthony. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, like and knock Superman off. knockoff would be super bull. <laughs> and I didn't <laughs> or take Supergirl. It. I took Supergirl, but with Superman and Power Girl. I mean, this team, I'm so mad about this. This ruined my whole mood. Okay, carry on now. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm glad we could ruin your mood. I'm glad that we started so, off ruining your mood. Early on, yeah. If your great. if your weekend wasn't already <laughs> shitty. Pun intended. It just got even worse, right? Wow. <laughs> okay, now I see what you're doing here. There you go. Coming close. Pun intended. Close. Um, yeah, yeah, a little close to home. But on this week's episode, we invited on Anthony from Read a Comic Book to uh, talk about comic book movies. And Jay came up with this idea for uh, this concept, and we decided to run with it. And I think we all have a little bit different uh, way we approach this. Corbin and I approached it as kind of a, a top 10 worst, best, and honorable mentions. Jay has got some long, ridiculous, drawn out, like breaking down some mathematical equation and version of this. And then Anthony's like, I'm just going to do it live because I'm a professional. So, you know, what do you, what do you, we appreciate that. You'll, I just, just before one, you to professional. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But all right, you're like, gonna pull those blinds, and there's gonna be a beautiful mind right? like escort board behind him. <laughs> like, this is why steel was actually amazing. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> that's what I'm expecting just to draw it into a giant whiteboard with, with everything broken down. 
Uh, no, I, I can go. I can take a step back of this. It's not. It's no big deal. No, you're fine. No one. No one. Yeah, is, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, no one's hating on you. Not so who wants all. to? Who wants to kick us off? Do you want to? I, I know I cut you off pre-show, and you're breaking down of everything, Jay. Do you want to kind of explain your approach to everything? So okay, so like Matt was saying, this this whole concept was um, comic book adap- cinematic comic book adaptations, and I started thinking there are a lot of um, things that that that. Hollywood got right. There's things that Hollywood got really, really horribly wrong. And then I started thinking there's actually a, a third category where they got it so wrong, but it actually ended up being better than the comics in some aspects. So well, I'd love just, to hear your. Uh, I'd love to hear what one you have at uh, in that category. Okay, I've got I've got a couple. There's a few. And, right. Well, there's one that I'm going to say to the end because you're just going to shut me off. Waiting on the edge say. of my seat. <laughs> so, the first one that okay, and, and another thing I want to state real quick is um, a lot of prefacing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry. So, I, I think this is for I, I. I think I speak for everybody here that. You know, I've heard a lot of talk about toxic comic book fans ruining uh, the, the, you know, comic book movies for, for fans or for, for people. But here's the thing. For, for us comic book fans, these characters and, and these stories actually mean quite a bit. And, and they have since for a long time. You know, we hold some of these things pretty, pretty near and dear and when, when someone just has total disrespect for them or they just get it so horribly wrong, yeah, we get a little ticked. And it's not us trying to ruin it for everybody, but it does hurt. Maybe it doesn't mean as much to certain people who just started listening to or watching comic book movies when the Marvel Universe started coming out. No. But for us that we've read comics since we were kids – yeah, it, it means a lot to us. So forgive us if we show a little agitation here and there. So I'm going to start off with with one thing that um, one movie, uh, Deadpool two, which. Um, so where does this know, fall every, in your category? Is this your? This, oh, this yeah. is, that's, that's where I'm going. <laughs> this is where it, it they kind of got it wrong. Okay. Okay. And I was a little disappointed. Um, I enjoyed Deadpool 2. It was it was okay. It was fun. It was funny. And of course, you know, I agree that Ryan Reynolds is awesome as Deadpool. However, I was very disappointed that they got the relationship of Cable and Domino completely. So for, for people who don't ever read X-Force, Cable and Domino are actually uh, a very very they're very very close um cable has been uh, a mentor a friend a teacher and and they're these those two are really they have a really really awesome bond and the fact that the movie just totally like didn't even touch on any of that at all was really surprising to me because 
I mean, I think those two have one of the, the strongest bonds in like, I would even argue to say in like Marvel lore, you know, and the fact that they just completely got their stories completely north and south was really disappointing to me. So I'll start off with that. Deadpool 2, no bueno with Cable and Domino. Well, I think there's more to Deadpool 2 than that you can go into that category than just Cable and Domino. What about the the Hope Summers stuff? Like, they got her stuff completely wrong. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. I mean, that was... That, I mean, that was the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, the, well, the whole thing, even with X-Force, even with, like, Shatterstar and all that stuff was was really silly. But that was the thing I was the most disappointed with that, is to see the introduction of these two characters being not at all what the comic books have established for decades. Because I think there's, there's I mean, Hope has that significance since she was the first mutant born after the House of M events that mm-hmm. they could have really thrown that nugget in there to really um, please the palate of the the hard, more hardcore comic book fan versus the casual moviegoer that, that's, that's true. This movie and, and give you that little, that little morsel there with, with Hope, but it was more of a, she just was kind of killed and they kind of glossed over her. So I think you could go more into depth with that. Uh, I don't think Deadpool 2 is a terrible comic book movie. No. But I think Deadpool, Deadpool 2 does what it's supposed to do. It's a fun movie. Yeah. Domino by herself is awesome. And yeah, I had no problem with that. Probably the best character in the entire movie. But. I like Josh Brolin's Cable, too. Sure. You don't read Deadpool uh, comics for good storytelling, either. No. A lot of winking at the camera. I mean, granted, the Chloe Thompson and Chris Boccolo series right now is incredible. Yeah, it is. I think think Deadpool 2 is a fantastic comedy, but I don't think it's a very good comic book movie. It's comic book centric. It's comic book. Um, yeah. What do they call it? Comic book um, adjacent, if you will. It's Ryan like Reynolds it, being Ronald, Ryan Reynolds in a Deadpool costume. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm with that. I'm with that. While making. Matt, you want to give one of these? Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, it, <laughs> I'm not wrong. It's what they did. No, no, yeah. you're not wrong. That's why I didn't comment. <laughs> um, I so. I guess I'll start with mine. I did a top 10 best and, and worst. Um, so like one of mine, I think one of the best comic book movies out there. And when I made my list, I thought what movies either incorporate a, the character is very comic book accurate. The actor they got is a perfect casting where it's a damn near comic book accurate. And um, the, just kind of how much of the comic is, is incorporated in the film. And does it give you a feel like you're you're watching a comic come to life? So I think one of the best comic book movies, in my opinion, that fits in all three categories is Watchmen. I think Watchmen is hands down one of the best comic book movies from casting to the the subject matter, um, all, and, and it makes you feel like you're you're watching Alan Moore's graphic novel come to life. Uh, and I even look overlook, and I think that the change from the giant mutated squid attacking to a nuclear bomb was a fantastic touch because it gives that more symbol, uh, that, that more realistic feel versus that crazy out there fantasy world of 
a giant mutated octopus. Okay. So I agree with that. That was a nice, like, I guess, um, like more grounded take. Yeah. Which works. The moment. Yep. <laughs> it, I, that more grounded take works cinematically better, I, I would say. Um, but yeah, you know, it's weird. I I never minded the Watch movie, but it seems like a lot of people crap on it for some I mean, reason. I don't know why. It's because you, for a good portion of the movie, it is panel for panel, shot for shot. Yeah. And, and to give a director crazy acclaim for somebody else's work is kind of crappy yeah mm. i agree i get I you on that. that yeah but it, that. It, it was one that kind of i mean it's it's up there i don't i've never what's funny is that even for all of its acclaim i i would never put it on the level of like the comic obviously but it doesn't even read among like the top 10 for most people's comic book lists as far as like right. it's it's among them but even with it being panel for panel it doesn't do it just much justice and nor could it but i just find right. that interesting that it's there as well so i'm with it yeah it makes a lot of sense but um, I guess I guess it swings over to me, and um, I guess we're going this way. I um, I did another one for my number one movie that was like comic bookish. It had some moments, even though it spent a lot of the time. And I think some of the strength of it was was almost like not poking at the comic book genre, but just kind of dismissing some of it. And that was Logan. Um, I loved that movie. I think it was a a nuanced kind of gritty performance. It was violent, but it had superhero action in it but it spent a lot of that time almost unpacking the superhero kind of genre um really doing a more deconstruction of that which even while watching this movie and understanding like how it fits in this x-men universe which was all over the place and i'm sure we'll talk about that later how it fit was interesting to kind of get a read on okay they're treating this as if these are events are happening within this story they're referring to comic books they're showing that at the same time you know how Logan, that one scene where he dismisses that half the stuff didn't even happen and the other half didn't happen like it did. It was a poignant point for me because it took me out of the comic book bubble of, oh, wow, this is right in line with based off this issue or this storyline or Old Man Logan or whatever. And it took me out of that and went, oh, it's something totally different. But in its own space as superhero movie, I think it did something in a way that, and I crap on this movie all the time, Todd Phillips' Joker did not. In the sense that it was, in effect, a superhero movie, but it didn't dance in those circles or play that line to kind of get a claim. Like it was just a solid movie that happened to fall under that bubble. And that's why I give that top honors. I, I agree. I think Logan is a fantastic comic book movie. It's one of those movies that on our list, it, it takes elements from the comics, but doesn't go, you know, doesn't adapt or shot for, for shot like Watchmen, but it takes those, those elements. And I think improves on them. Like, you don't often see a Wolverine story where the or even a warrior story where the warrior is at the end of his life and you see him like his final days and his final battles and and stuff like that. You usually see movies where the warrior is in his prime and strong and and out there just you know taking heads. But this you can you kind of see Logan at a vulnerable spot and at the end of his life and the journey the warrior takes at the end and. I think that Logan is definitely fitting for top honors as one of the best comic book movies out there. Honestly, if you li if you read like uh, Old Man Logan or even Death of Old Man Logan, which wasn't great, but um, like the way that it's written and the way that Hugh Jackman plays him are almost identical. You just get the same vibe from the character uh, where a younger Logan is just berserker all the time. Yeah, it's just amazing as that role. I couldn't imagine anybody else behind. No, no, no way. Also, like you're saying, 
with those old man Logan comics, even like cinematically, it, it, it just has that feel of the comics like that, like that post-apocalyptic dusty, like everything's all dirty. And you know, like, like what people are future is like the used future kind of look. Um, I mean, the, the movie had that big time. They, I mean, they, someone read, someone did their homework, you know, almost definitely. And I yeah. like that, that, that it shows that the homework was done, but the elements mm -hmm. of all of it weren't exactly, oh, I did it, so now let me throw it at your face. Like, it was for the nuanced comic readers can get it, but it's a perfectly good movie to just show in general and not have to have any previous background other than knowing X-Men. Boom. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's why I said my, my number one. Is it my turn now? It is oh, your yeah. turn, finally. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how this is going, but, you know, I just, whatever. We, it's your turn we now. We figured it out. Whatever. Yeah. All right. I just picked so, it up from, you know. Yeah, no, no, that works for me. Uh, honestly, if there's one movie that always holds a special place into my heart, and that's The Batman by Tim Burton uh, back in the day. Uh, because, the, okay, Jack Nicholson's not a great joker. It was a different take on Joker. The reason why that movie was amazing is because nobody can build Gotham or has built Gotham the way that Tim Burton did on screen like that. Like, to give it that feel, because Gotham and Metropolis are just different sects of New York, essentially. But Gotham, when it's drawn in the comics, is just, it's another world. Um, and I feel like Tim Burton brought that to life and it sucked me in right away. I also, uh, prefer that Batman um, to any of the other ones, um, aside from Kevin Conroy. But yeah, I just, that one always holds a special place in my heart and I watch it probably once a year. <laughs> okay. I'm yeah. with that. That was one of my, actually one of my honorable mentions was, was that the movie. Yep. Yeah. yeah I, I love it that. Deserved. I, I I like why why I don't like Jack Nicholson as Joker. I do like the the more gangster take on Joker as opposed to just pure chaos, like we got with Heath Ledger, which was also incredible. But Joker is such a let's sell tickets character uh, that mm -hmm. to see just the different take on it was nice. With that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, there's there's a lot to love about that, and I agree with you 100 percent that the Gotham when you're reading and you're you're looking at Gotham in the comic book, it's got that distinct feel. It's got that definitive Gotham feel, and and in the modern movies you don't get that, but you definitely did in, in Batman and you know the Tim Burton stuff. You got that distinctive Gotham feel, and right. I, even can, in even in like bat like Batman Forever and those other old school Batman nineties films, you, you got that distinctive, even though some of it felt like more Neo Gotham than Gotham itself, but you still got that, that distinct Gotham feel. And you watch like Batman, Superman, it were um, justice league. And you can't tell Gotham and Metropolis apart. It's just New York. Crew. Yeah. New York and it's Chicago set, or whatever. Yeah. Even the Nolan one, it was like, okay, it's Gotham, but that's only cause it's nighttime. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's one of the things about Batman Superman uh, that I was laughing at when I was sitting there in the theater. I was like, oh, man, I've been reading comics for years and I didn't realize that Gotham and Metropolis were just right across the river from each other. Like, you know, it's, it, it's like they make it seem like Gotham and Metropolis are far apart and it's they're just right across the river, apparently. Bruce has got to jump in his plane anytime he wants to yeah. go go to Metropolis. Right. 
<laughs> it's like Jersey in, in New York City. You know, that's yeah. what kind of reminds me of. But well, yeah, then that would make sense then, because you shouldn't drive into Jersey. You should be <laughs> helicoptered in and out for safety. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's interesting that you said that about about Gotham in those Tim Burton movies. Yeah, like even if you look at the architecture uh, of the buildings in those Tim Burton movies, yeah, they're so. Um, it, it, it's let's just say like his like haunted uh like his his haunted amusement park feel plays mm-hmm. into a lot of that yeah. um, a lot of the architecture and the feeling it works yeah. I, I thought it totally was great you're right it's totally totally a different world other than just like showing the you know chicago skyline like, yep that's gotham you know adding the daily planet you know thing on there and be like yeah. Plus, it gave us the Alfred that lasted through all the different movies up until right. Michael Caine. Oh, that's right. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Alfred didn't change until he died in real life. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, um, you know, I was talking a little bit about what some of the movies that I thought they actually improved a little bit on on the comic books. So when I first heard that they were making a guardians of the galaxy movie, I, I cringed a little bit because I, okay. Granted, I didn't know a lot about guardians of the galaxy because I thought they were so boring and so dull. I'm like, what are they going to do with this? That's actually going to make people like it. And I thought James Gunn did a really, really good job giving personalities to all of those characters, Drax and Gamora. Um, well, Rocket kind of his personality was a little bit the same. Um, Star Lord is such an unlikable character. <laughs> yeah, but that you actually made you know you like him, you like all of them, and I was really, really surprised that he made kind of a. a dull franchise something really likable and he gave it this the spin that i was like yeah that's that's actually better and now um you know all the comics of course follow the same uh care you know they, they changed to be more like the movie which it's it's better for a little bit but I, like I was, I was telling anthony the al ewing guardians of the galaxy books that just started i think they're on issue five um, are actually really good. I, I didn't like them um, even before, um, but now they're they're actually starting to be really good, really fun reads. But yeah, that's definitely one I think that that the movies changed the, these characters for the better, in my opinion. I think it brought them out into like general comic book into the general combo community it encouraged people who had no idea who these were to maybe pick up issues and maybe find out for themselves why it was different or yep or, or why it wasn't but because they were able to see such strong performances and interpretations of said characters mm-hmm. on the screen it brings that out for them then to kind of find it um themselves which further enhances the interest in guardians of the galaxy help probably with the spinoff tv show and everything that came from it i agree with you because i had pretty much the same thought like a comic movie that I wasn't too familiar with, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I was going to watch it because it was comic book related. That was kind of a given. But I was by no means excited for it. And yeah. it was still 
early enough in the MCU that I wasn't sure that they were all going to be hits. So I was like, eh, we'll see. And then once that movie was done, not only was I sold that every Marvel movie would be worth the price of admission, but also even encouraged my own um, digging and research into classic runs to kind of enhance my understanding of that team. So I'm with you on an unlikely uh, story that kind of really caught on and was because it was well done. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not super into guardians in the book. Like, Every once in a while, I'll jump on a on a run, yeah. um, and and they're great. But like the the casting was super well done. Yeah, um, uh, having Chris Pratt play Star Lord made me actually want to watch the movie because, like I said, Star Lord is just not a likable character. He's kind of a douche. Oh, yeah. uh, big time. <laughs> even even like in the I, I've been watching the animated series on Disney Plus, and he's annoying there too. I'm just I don't like him, but Chris Pratt makes him uh, watchable. And yeah, just you throw that soundtrack on it, and I'm gonna watch. Oh man, well I could do a whole podcast just on that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Who are you swinging it? So um, my next one I'm gonna do is. Uh, it, the fact that it could be called a comic book is arguable. Um, oh, some people wouldn't call it a comic. Some people might call it a manga. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Scott Pilgrim versus the world was oh, a, yeah. fast, a fantastic comic book slash manga adaptation. I thought the casting was fantastic. The The story was fantastic. It, it still embodied the main message to the, ori- the, uh, the original content the manga or comic that you want to call it. Um, so one of my favorite comic book movies to still watch even this day is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. It's a good pick. Yeah, very good. I can understand that for sure. Would it? And then it was awkward. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, I'm with it because I've only watched, I'm not, I'm, I guess now you forced me to confession for the sake of continuity on this show. I've only watched samples of it. So I can't I can't speak to it being how good a movie. Like it didn't blow me away, but like I didn't watch the that. entire movie. What you need to justify that or rectify oh. that? I mean, listen. Until you understand the love for my second movie, I will never understand your love for Scott Pilgrim because we, we are go. going there, Matt. We are going there. My number two personal favorite. And this I, I did a J here where this wouldn't be my number two. Combo movie in general, I have some self-respect as a comic book fan. Um, my number two in general would probably be Captain America Winter Soldier. Um, and I can, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that and break that down later. But my personal favorite, number two, 1995, what a year to be alive. My birth year. Batman Forever. Okay, goodbye. That movie is trash. Thank you. Have a good time. <laughs> no. No. What? No. Okay, so I want to hear this. I want to hear No, please. Yeah, no. I want to hear the right. justification. All right, listen, listen. It gets most of the bad movies we've had. If we look at any bad movie from 89 through what, two years ago, has either been on equal sides of campy or just over the top, gritty, dark, let's be as close to Frank Miller without actually touching Frank Miller esque Batman, right? This movie for me was an imperfect balance of the two. 
All right. You still get some elements of Tim Burton. He was involved with the early development of the film before Joel Schumacher came over. So there's still some of the influence in there, right? Yes, we can admit that the Riddler and um, Tommy Lee Jones totally like panned their performances. It was a mess. But that falls into the campy side of it, which is what Joel Schumacher is on record of saying that he was trying to go in. And I'm on record with believing that. Otherwise, you know, go where you will with that, right? It's not quite the walking dumpster fire that Batman and Robin is. However, you still have Batman having to solve an actual mystery using one iota of his detective skills that he never uses in literally any other Batman movie, and he is called the world's greatest detective. I do not understand that. So I will give points to a movie that actually shows that side of him. Another point is the first one that delves into Batman going into the same um, struggle that is in most of these comic books where he's trying to figure out what is more important, the identity of Bruce Wayne or the being that is the Batman with him. Now, does the movie handle it ham-fistedly? Of course it does. It's not a perfect movie. It's not really a great one. But it at least attempts to dive into classic comic book Batman themes that are just utterly ignored in every other Batman movie. He's up killing people and blowing up stuff and shit. Like, I don't understand that. I'm like, oh, such a great movie. That's not Batman. It's not Batman. You had Zack Snyder's Batman interpretation. That was what Zack Snyder would do if he were Batman. You had um, Michael Keaton, who, for my money, is the best Batman, yes. But I do not think the storylines that involved him were true to form Batman stories. A lot of brooding and, oh, my origins, and, oh, Joker, and, you know, just over the top. And I don't <laughs> what do you think Batman that. is? He's like the poster boy for brooding. He's like the brooding poster boy. He is not Broodman. He is Batman, and brooding is a big part of that. But it's not the entirety of the story. If you, if you want to look at some uh, just prime brooding, watch Batman Returns again. It is like as close to the Doug Mensch, Kelly Jones comic run of Batman where it's just over the top and just gothic and just depressing and just... Okay? All I'm trying to say is that Batman Forever throws, takes all the good ideas and yes, it kind of just mishmashes them together and makes just silly putty out of them. However, it goes into it with classic comic book themes that true Batman fans know are a big part of his identity and a big part of the 80 years that he's been in print. Now, how it operates with that, that's up to you to decide. I actually have a lot more blinders on when I watch it than I'm sure any other rational fan does. But I give a lot of points to at least putting out as close to a perfect version of Batman in story as any other movie has done. I'm not going to remind um, Dark Knight Rises with, oh, my knees hurt, so I'm basically Frank Miller's Batman, wink, wink. Or I don't know what. With, 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 what do you um, my knees hurt? Basically, remember he had the whole thing when his knees were bone on bone. That scene in the Doctor and Dark Knight Rises at the beginning. Oh, where his body breaking exactly. down. Exactly, that was like, oh, that's our reference to it's an older Batman. My Are you knees kidding me? hurt. Are you kidding me? That's basically that's what it was. He sounds like he's gargling wood yeah. screws all the time. Where's the chapstick? Where's the chapstick? <laughs> like, like, where's my IV water? Yeah. Exactly. I'm not taking that. I'm Where's not taking my anti-inflammatories? <laughs> For real. I'm not taking George Clooney's, oh, I have gray hair. This is why Superman works alone. Here's my Batman ARP card. I'm not doing that either. All right. And I'm also, I much like Michael Keaton, and I loved um, Tim Burton's interpretation. I feel like that was Batman-esque. I don't think that was the truest form of it. I think that Batman Forever attempted to, and it kind of went over the top. But being that campiness was a big part of it going in, I choose to respect it. And that's why it's my personal favorite, number two personal favorite. That is a man who has defended this movie for a very long time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Spent his life. He can hang yeah. his jersey from from the rafters for that retired <laughs> defending Before, that. This screen went blank for a minute and then he came back with a vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I had to. I had to. <laughs> I agree, man. That was some pretty good. You know, I don't think I've seen defense that good since you know a few good men. You know, back in. <laughs> you, <know. laughs> you wanted that was some I want the solid truth. defense work right there. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank y'all. But that movie has so many issues. I mean, how what, Batman, I understand, adopts a child who's lost his parents. In that movie, Robin is a grown-ass man. <laughs> you know? Robin is a grown-ass man. He is literally adopting another grown-ass man. Like, there's problems there. Like, what is going on? You know? Like, That's true. Like, you get to be like, should I bring my couch? Or yeah. You I, have a couch? Or? Yeah, like, you, you always get weird vibes of the, the Batman-Robin uh, dynamic from the, the Adam West era. But they, then... Okay, you, you step it up. At least there was some height difference where they tried to make, you know, that Robin look like a younger kid. But this one, no, they're the, they're the same height. So he's basically adopting a grown-ass man. And then you get a question, what, what is their dynamic? It just gets weird. I mean, Batman, <laughs> my only argument to that is that the Batman-Robin dynamic on its head is weird. Except for Damian Wayne. Which I mean, you're going to sit here and be like, oh, this is my boy Wonder. And your boy Wonder's got a five o'clock shadow. He ain't no boy. He's a grown-ass man. He looks like retired Nightwing. Yeah. Right? What's happening here? <laughs> yeah, they probably should have went with Nightwing at that point. I agree. There's, there's, there's plenty more holes to poke at it. I was just trying to oh, defend sure. it. So I'm sure we can dive into it. But and you did an admirable job. Thank you, sir. And just Thank like, you. you know, Harvey, I want everyone to tell me, I mean, Batman needs to, to give his identity and he's in a crowded circus and he stands up and Harvey, I'm Batman, and nobody pays attention to him. Like nobody around him was like, "Oh shit, you're Batman!" Like nobody pays attention. Someone was pissed off at Tommy Lee Jones to tell him to take that role because he had zero <laughs> business being in a Batman movie. As <laughs> and apparently, he hated working with Jim Carrey and cursed him out. Oh, did he well, really? Yeah, apparently that's what I had read or look something. At those two human beings. Do you really think they're gonna get along? Yeah, <laughs> true. True. It, it it wasn't it, it it wasn't great. It wasn't great at all. That that's true. But you have my you have my words. You have my my knowledge there. Number two, um, it is what is. Also, um, you know, early career Drew Barrymore. You know, true. Can't go wrong with that either. I won't argue that. Thank you. <laughs> Can't go too early because ET exists. ET does exist, <laughs> and that's <laughs> creepy. Now we're back to boy wonder. <laughs> <laughs> So, best movie, Dark Phoenix. No, um, <laughs> kidding. I I to watch it. <laughs> um, I and this isn't even the best, like, of the character, but that first Spider Man movie, uh, is, is special. Um, Mainly for Willem Dafoe, because holy crap, is he an amazing goblin. A hot Harry. Uh, <laughs> that's just his normal yeah, speaking yeah, voice. Uh, <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, but also to play, like, it, to, to see, like, Osborne's descent and going back and forth between Goblin and them getting that part of it right. Sure, I'll make fun of Tobey Maguire's terrible cry face all day. It's awful. And and Kirsten Dunst's terrible Mary Jane, not good. But uh, they really did Goblin well. 
Um, and it's just unfortunate. It took us several more years before we got a good Peter Parker. She does a fantastic. Well, that's one of my favorite parts about that that Sam Raimi Spider Man trilogy is she does a fantastic disappearing act by men, by movie three, because she starts out and like she gets progressively skinnier by the movies you go, and, and more like looks like she has an eating disorder by the movies you go. So fair. Wow. Okay. I don't. I don't think Willem Dafoe. I think rarely does he get the credit he deserves for that movie. Because yeah, you're right, man. Yeah, like you said, Willem Dafoe is a lot of his performances are borderline psychotic anyway. Right. And, and so he, him doing that, and he he took it so seriously, which a lot of actors kind of seem like they phone wow. it in, you know. But this guy, man. This guy took it as far as like the comic book movies. There's not a whole lot of, especially by actors that of that caliber, you know, you're kind of like, eh, you know, I'm in this, give me my paycheck. But this dude, man, this dude took it like, like he ran with it and it was really, really great. I want to know how to get that fast forward feature that you've got over there, Jay. That was awesome. I don't know if anybody else saw it. Like you stopped and then all of a sudden like fast forwarded your screen it was, it up was, to your. It was funny. You got voice. real intense and you looked at the camera yeah. and you're like, he gets so serious. <laughs> and then you kept going. Yeah, and then it caught up to you. <laughs> you paused too long. Man. I thought we froze again. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like a time, a time Acting. That was good. But no, I'm with you. I think. William Dafoe just lose some points just because of the technology at the time. They could have went better with the cloth, like, green goblin suit rather than, like, a green Power Ranger. Yeah, that was weird. That, that kind of knocked away a lot of the allure of it all. But as far mm-hmm. as, yeah, like, the timing, yeah, him playing that crazy, just playing himself, um, <laughs> over the top, talking to the mask, please. I don't want to, you know, all of that. Um, there were some scenes in there. Even the fight with the warehouse where um, Spider-Man with the slow motion spins as the... Yeah, that oh. was, that was cool. really and so, you can you can go to some of those goblin comic issues and see where they pulled some of those panels as shots, even with the glider. Like they they did some research to it. Yeah. They just didn't cast very well in other places. Yeah, no, <laughs> Sam Raimi's great, and even like the parts where he's he's playing Norman, like like when they go to Thanksgiving dinner. You can tell, even when he's acting, you can tell he's just, like, holding back, like, the psycho. You know, oh, like, yeah. it's just right there, just bubbling at the surface. It's it's great. It's good, yeah. good, great performance, man. Um, So, like I said, I didn't really do uh, a top ten list, so I'm just going to talk about some of these movies. So I think everybody can can agree that, that X-Men uh, – the, the Wolverine, the X-Men Origins, Wolverine, was pretty much an, an all-around turd. Okay? Terrible. However, I mean, one thing... I mean, it gave us that great Deadpool. What, yeah. One thing that I, I do like about it is, is Taylor Kitsch as Gambit. Really? I thought he was kind of cool. Oh, no. Dude. Oh, my God. Okay, I like my heart hurts. You know? I'll take him over the Channing Tatum rumor nonsense oh, dude, that we were getting. All day long. I, I, I mean, granted, I, I mean, we never saw the Channing Tatum, sure. you know, but trying to picture it, I can't. But I thought, I thought Taylor Kitsch was a pretty decent gambit, and um, 
That's why I still, if I catch it on TV or something, I'll wait to see the parts where he's on. That whole ridiculous tele- helicopter staff part where he's coming off the building. It was badass. Oh, no, it was just ass. Chucked out. <laughs> it was just ass. Hard, um, hard ass. Ass is not always a bad thing, sir. No. <laughs> Yikes. No, no. Um, but I thought that was—I thought that was the one thing that I enjoy out of that movie. And if they would have um, cast him in, you know, more in, into the X Men universe, I wouldn't have been disappointed. I'm just saying that's what I'm going to go. That's my turn. I'm with it. Gonna I, that's, that's your no, turn. Right. That's my turn. <laughs> no, there you go. It, 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 you like the performance? I'm, I'm, I'm with it. All right, so for the sake of time, um, I'm going to just run through my the remainder of my list, good and bad, and then I'll have Corbin do the same, and then we can have uh, talk about it, and you guys can bring up whatever movies you want to bring up, but just because we're, we're running short on time here. So sure. my top comic book movies were, again, Watchmen, Spider-Man 2. I think the second one tops the first and is still acclaimed yeah. as one of the best uh, comic book movies ever because... Granted, Willem Dafoe was a fantastic Harry or um, Norman Osborn and Green Goblin. I think Alfred Molina was a was an amazing Doctor Octopus. To where, if they're going to do him in any other iteration of Spider Man, I think they need to get him back. Other than Patton Oswald, I'll I'll always oh yes, I'll man. always go for Patton Oswald. Um, <laughs> then I had uh, the Dark Knight, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the Avengers, first the first Avengers, Logan, Superman two. Iron Man, X-Men 2, because I think X-Men 2 is the best X-Men movie ever made. And then Kick-Ass Tops is the roundabout of my my goods. My bads were Daredevil, Batman and Robin, Spider-Man 3, all the Fantastic Four movies, any X-Men film after X-Men 2, including uh, Wolverine, Ghost Rider, The Spirit, Elektra, and then Catwoman and Howard the Duck. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm with that. Um, Howard the Duck? Hey, that was fighting words, I loved sir. Howard the Duck as a kid, but when you rewatch it as an adult, it's a terrible comic book movie. I mean, here's the thing. George Lucas was the executive producer. Props Duck to tits. Him. Unfortunately, the force, <laughs> the force was not Leah with him. I, I think it's simple to say that he just didn't have the force for that movie. And there you go. Um, I guess I got to run through mine. Uh, I already mentioned my first two. Uh, already Winter Soldier, Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man 2. Again, I'm right there with uh, Matt. Best Spider-Man, best superhero movie ever, in my opinion. Black Panther, um, The Avengers, uh, Batman Dark Knight Rises. I already mentioned Batman Forever. Boom. Uh, my personal favorites, X-Men The Last Stand. Already put a Batman Forever. Amazing Spider-Man 2. And Venom. Because people keep looking like it was a serious movie. That was some campy gold. Um other than that, for the worst movies, Howard the Duck, obviously, um, Batman vs Superman, Dawn of Justice. Uh, I put Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three because I happened to watch that recently. And that movie was god awful. Um, Spider Man three, um, any X Men movie after X Men: The Last Stand, um, <laughs> because all right. And then um, what was the other one that I just had? I just deleted. Oh, Green Lantern and um, this last um, Kick Ass two. And Ooh. that is huh. Oh, you said cool. Oh, yeah. I thought you said, cool. I think you said who. Oh, my bad. Yep. So that, that's mine. All right. We'll circle back. Uh, let me let me rattle off just some guilty pleasure ones because you guys keep shitting on my duck. Howard <laughs> the Duck, I will watch 
Steel, I will watch uh, The Phantom. You guys remember that with Billy Zane? Yep. Yes, actually. Oh, it's terrible. I'll watch it again. Don't classic. care. It's classic. It is. Um, but as far as like really, really bad movies, I think everybody forgot and should have. Jonah Hex was awful. Just a steaming pile of crap. Um, <laughs> and then Superman 4 was, wow. You didn't like hard to watch. But no, no, I didn't. <laughs> I'm not so gay. <laughs> no, and no, not at all. He was, was, to give, he was trying to help a world that needed that at the time. I think that movie was more symbolic. That's me top five just for the message alone. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think Dark Knight wouldn't have been a good movie without Heath Ledger. I add an extra word to that. Dying. What? <laughs> without Heath Leather dying, unfortunately. Heath I Leather? Who the hell is Heath Leather? He's, he's Heath Ledger's stunt double, and he oh. died on day two. Oh, all right. Heath Ledger. <laughs> we never heard of him, but it came out. No, I'm playing. Thank you for the save. No, but um, yeah, I, I think that movie gets a lot more credit than it's actually due. But I'm with you on that. I think it's more, it'd be my top overrated superhero movie. I don't think his death has anything to do with his performance. It doesn't. His performance is top notch in that movie, and it added to the lore of the Joker and its mindset. And I think it almost did it to a negative degree. That his own personal mindset and his own personal problems were in some way due to playing this iconic, crazy comic book character and just the, the, the buying into the media hype. That's but that's the media hype came as a result of what happened. Yeah, but oh, I just I, I yeah I get it I get it man that's one of your favorite movies but he'd just, are, but my, my argument with that is he's he'd already moved on to doing other movies you know after the dark night so it's not like him playing the joker is what's responsible for him ODing on drugs exactly but it adds to, i mean okay just a brief aside I'm, I'm a lakers fan basketball wise and it was so big a story that the lakers general manager made up just completely pulled this out of his ass a story that kobe had met with heath ledger and talked about how much he enjoyed heath ledger's performance of the joker and that's how um part of the mama mentality kind of came to fruition. For one thing, Heath Ledger was dead before um, Dark Knight had ever entered theaters. And for two, they never crossed paths. So they got a special screening. But I'm saying the legend of Heath Ledger and this movie has just grown exponentially till it's its own world of a story. So I get what you're saying. He did a decent Joker. It's like an Asian of chaos. But are we, come on now. We, come on now. Like nobody wants to talk about it. I get it. It's, 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 it's borderline insensitive just bringing it up as I am. But that, that's, I just don't get it. You are very insensitive, uh, sir. Oh, yes, yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Insensitive. One thing I want to say with all of it, since we're talking movies, um, the Snyder Cut is not a Snyder Cut. He gets to reshoot four years fucking later. It is a (laughs) new movie. No one cares about it. Until they release it, I'll never know. If they release it, I think we look at Justice League as the best movie of all time. They should no, release they that won't. and all of its fans calling for it into the Atlantic. Because the, <laughs> the problem with the Snyder Cut is he Snyder shot the majority of the movie. You know, he, it's not like he didn't. He only shot a couple scenes, and then you know, I can't remember who they brought in off the top of my head. Now I yeah, know I should. Joss Whedon, yeah, thank Joss you. Whedon. Yes, it's not like Joss Whedon came and was like, oh, "I'm going to do the second half of the movie." No. Snyder shot the entire, almost the entirety of the movie. Whedon came in and did reshoots to make yeah. things make sense. 
And Snyder's the reason why Cyborg is terrible. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> all, all the Snyder cut is going to yeah. do is maybe you see a different version of a take or a different performance of a take given. It's not going to change that much more of the movie. It's not going to change the fact that the movie overall was still trash. Like, you can't fix that. They but, chose Steppenwolf. Right? Yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty rough. Yes, that's you true. tease Doomsday and you get Steppenwolf. Like how? Why? <laughs> you know? Why? Sure. All right, yeah. that's, that's up there. That's debatable. Um, does anybody want to mention? Well, I guess we. I gotta. I'm sorry. I want to cut in front of Jay real quick. No, your your list. Jay, you gotta, you gotta, oh no, get go it. ahead, man. Go ahead. Oh, no, can we can we talk about? I think that Amazing Spider-Man Two gets crapped on too much. The um. Andrew Garfield one? Andrew Garfield, Garfield, Garfield. Now, mind you, it was a convoluted film. There was way too much going on. I agree. It just so happens to come out in one of the best years ever for comic book movies in a year that we had Winter Soldier, Days of Future Past, and Guardians of the Galaxy. We just so happen to also get this movie, and it doesn't light a candle to the other three. I get it. That's fair. All right, but (laughs) the dynamic between Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone was so strong in a storyline that kind of slept its way in there with the death of Gwen Stacy hitting in, in what I would say is a pivotal way. You had the Harry um, um, Peter relationship with Dane DeHaan becoming um, the Green Goblin. You had Lecture, who, mind you, was corny and over the top in a way that, like, the Riddler and were before. But, like, visually, I thought was pretty sick. Um, just the way he would use his powers to transfer. I thought the movie was, eh, like a C plus. But people were giving, like, I said, a D plus to an F because it tried to force all these movies that I knew even when watching this movie, I would never see these movies. And then also, like, making the Rhino just this obnoxious, over-the-top, robotic waste of a great actor's talents. Like, where do you guys put that movie? Because, like, yeah, it's a bad movie, but is it, like, that bad a movie, or am I am I just, like, romanticizing it too much? I love it. I love Amazing Spider-Man 2. I, yeah. don't, I don't like Jamie Provox's performance as Electro in it. And I don't like the fact that they skipped a Norman Osborn and went Harry Osborn with as the Goblin first. But yeah, like I loved, I I love that movie. I I honestly think that you know, Tom Holland's fantastic and he does a great job as both Peter Parker and Spider Man. But up to that point, I thought Andrew Garfield was the best Spider Man. Tobey yeah, Maguire's yeah, the best right. Peter Parker, but Andrew Garfield was the best Spider Man. And mm-hmm. I, I love that dynamic and one. T- anybody who knows me, Spider Man One Twenty One, her death issue is one of my favorite Spider Man issues, and it's a great issue. Seeing that play out on on screen, I cheered when when she falls from the clock tower. I cheered. Now I'd rather would you know I would have loved to see it in uh, on the bridge and and set like the original Spider Man Tobey Maguire movie was set, but you know I I still I, I think the Andrew Garfield movies get a bad rap, honestly. Yeah. And I'll give you in the books. I take Mary Jane over Gwen Stacy all day, every day. Absolutely, love that beautiful redhead. Yeah. But in the movies, I'm taking Gwen Stacy over over yep. Mary Jane because I think Emma Stone was just better than than Kirsten Dunst was by a lot. See, yeah. and that's what I was saying when I was writing this list. I was like, you know, in Spider Man Two was on was on TV the other night, and I was watching. I was like, you know. They should have cast Kristen, Kirsten Dunst as Gwen Stacy, dropped her off the bridge in the first movie, broke her neck, and that's where it ends. And then move forward from there, you know, wow. and and then have Emma Stone be Mary Jane because we would have finally got the Mary Jane we deserve. Mary Jane is one character in these movies that's pivotal to the comic book 
in in the Spider-Man story, but she doesn't get cast or portrayed well on the big screen. She hasn't been done well at all ever. No. Yeah. Uh, she's such a powerful character and could be such like a a good role model for women. And she is just kind of like a side throwaway character in everything. Before Zendaya, yeah. No, well, yeah. even no. Because <laughs> I'm not even gonna compare that because Zendaya is not even Mary Black Jane Watson. Black? No. Because oh, she's what? not Mary Jane Watson. She's it's not good. even I know, I yeah. know. Also, their Harry looks like uh, um, Miles's roommate. Um, Ganky, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ned, yeah, Ned is yeah is Ganky and one hundred percent. Also, when's he gonna put on a hobgoblin costume? I'm waiting. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's just a mess. I'm I'm not listening to <laughs> I just yeah that that universe. I don't know. I'm actually not as I I love how we. This is the first mention of Tom Holland Spider Man we've done. I'm not as high. I like the movies are fine. They're fine. I'm just not as high on that whole universe. I think it's too uh, Iron Man centric for my taste. I, if we get mm-hmm. Donald Glover playing uh, Prowler, that'd be cool. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be real good. That'd be fine. One hundred percent. One hundred percent agree. All right. So, is there any like crazy? I mean, I did my Batman Forever, and I know um, we had a Gambit talk with Jay. Is there any like hot take movies that we have that like? You mentioned your um your Howard the Duck that like you're gonna stand by no matter what yeah, yeah. like like I mean you had Scott Pilgrim but do you have like any hot takes Matt anyone have like any like like right, this is what is gonna be and you can't change my mind like contrary it, it, to popular like, opinion type exactly um me personally I can't think of any right now honestly um. I want to say the old Dick Tracy but I haven't seen that in a long time. But there, there's not much there that I'm like, you're not going to change my mind. That can maybe, I mean, I like to kick ass too. I think, I think the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies is where my, my, I draw my line on the sand because like I said, I don't think they were terrible movies. I think, you know, they made terrible choices as far as the portrayals of characters, but I think, you know, they, they weren't terrible superhero movies. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I thought that number, I didn't like number one at all. I didn't like number one at all. I um, I like the lizard first lizard scenes. I guess I thought that was cool. I like the costume in general. I thought that was interesting, but I wasn't a fan of number one at all. Number two, I could watch again and again, um, even knowing all the flaws. Like as they hit my face, like it was really good. Um, I liked the music, the soundtrack. I just thought it was Hans Zimmer was in there. Um, it was just really solid for me. So I'm with you. But like for me, you, you already, I, I won't be swayed from um, X Men: The Last Stand. I thought that movie was gold. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Like, that movie was was fire to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Batman Forever will not be moved. And um, not, that that's it. It's X-Men, The Last Stand, it's Batman Forever, and then it's Amazing Spider-Man 2. Those are my three movies that, like, you can't sway me. They are what they are. Now, I might have not have as great an argument for the other two as I do for my one movie I've been defending for the last, I don't know, since I was born. But um, those are, like, my... Mount Rushmore of like questionable quality, but Corbin's favorites. You know, you know what I'm surprised by his favorites, Jay, hmm. is we sat here two weeks ago and built an Avengers team, and Corbin wanted to build an entire team of just Black Panther. <laughs> what movie was right. not even anywhere on his list? No, no, you didn't. You you didn't hear me, Matt. Black Panther was on my list. It was number five. Oh, okay, I just blurred it. And also, listen, I'm all for representation in comics. I'm all for representation. <laughs> my heroes. You know, I always bet on black. I, I like my coffee. Like. 
Actually, we're not going to go there. The point being, <laughs> I don't you know. You shouldn't have coffee right now. <laughs> well, I was going to say I like my coffee, but I'm like a coffee to my cream type person. It doesn't even matter because you're right. All that would send me out this show for the rest of the time. But I'm just saying that those movies, Black Panther was such a cinematic masterpiece. I don't have to defend it. Now, if I'm up here talking about Halle Berry and Catwoman, which is another movie we didn't mention, then, see, I already got looks. I already got looks. I'm going to, like, you know? Oh, I said Catwoman. I said Catwoman was a terrible movie. Well, I mean, it's on my, it's on my, terrible. it's on my, my worst list. Halle Berry wasn't terrible though. Okay, oh, that's not that's fair cool. because you just watched the movie on mute. That's why you're saying Halle Berry wasn't <laughs> terrible. She's in freaking latex. Of course, lots she's of, amazing. Lots of long pauses. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I do. She's great in thirty seconds of Swordfish too. Now that I do, now that I think about it, I do have one that I'll go to to death for. Daredevil. It, it's a guilty pleasure for me. It was a terrible movie, but it's a guilty pleasure for me. Like, I could watch that movie anytime it's on TV. Like, there's just something about Ben Affleck's Daredevil that, that I, can, I can get behind, and, and I'll, I'll fight for reasons of why that can be considered a good movie amongst a bad movie. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin was fire to me. <laughs> I just loved it. Like, I'm sorry. I just wanted him to like hold his own leg at the end and heal it, like Green Mile style. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with there's, you. So, uh-huh. There's so many movies. All these movies, I I can you know I've probably all caught you know flipping through like FX or TBS, and I've seen them. But there's something about even like the most terrible comic book movie that there's certain parts, whether it's just. Green Lantern, you know, fighting Sinestro or or what are using the power rings or watching Ben Affleck as Daredevil wearing the suit, you know, swinging around. There's just moments of all of these movies that I could watch, you know, um, because they're just so awesome. Watching just those those characters up in, you know, on, on the screen just doing their thing. And it's just, it's so cool. But you know, then, you, you know, you, you just, just out of context, I mean, you know, there's, there's moments out of pretty much every single one of those movies we mentioned where, you know, I could just watch over and over. It's so awesome. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's taken out, taken out of context. There's, you know, man, I don't know if there's any movie I hate just completely because to me, there's always moments of some moments in there that are pretty cool, but I don't there's know, movies that can make me strain. No, you find the positive in that, Jay. I like it. There, there's I two, Batman and Robin and uh, Spider-Man 3. Those are two movies that I will never watch. If they were on you TV... You like bad nipples? No, if they were, or the Bat credit card. If they were ever on TV, I'd rather get an, a, a clonic than watch those movies. The, the Sam Raimi, the one with, with uh, Tobe... Uh, what's his Topher Grace? Grace? Yeah. The, that one? The, where they, yeah. the, the first time they screwed up Venom, Tom Hardy is the second time. Um, oh, wow. that movie, the the new Goblin, where he's flying around on a, a snowboard. It was like an X Games transplant. Yeah, that movie was <laughs> god awful. Like I said, I would rather have a colonic or an enema than watch either one of those movies. Wow. <laughs> the I mean, Sandman parts were kind of cool, like watching him like dissolve, and that was no. kind of neat. No. No. I'm glad you like it. I disagree. I have to, I have to go with it. I'm reaching here. I'm keep, trying to give you guys a list of morsels here. I mean, even Cecil just spitting Corbin them back. Remembered watching Batman and Robin and seeing the butt shots and going, I never wanted to see Batman's butt. And like, <laughs> like that was it from right there. Like it was like, and I was like, what? But, but here's the thing. <laughs> 
people overlook this. The bat nipples didn't start in Batman and Robin. Val Kilmer's bat suit has bat nipples on it. I don't. I don't recall. <laughs> You'll have to look it up because Val Kilmer's bat suit has bat no, no, nipples I, on it. I definitely recall the new upgraded suit, right? Yep. Yeah. But it also let him see in the dark, and honestly, I think that's what's really most important. Yeah. That let him see in the I dark. I never want to hear Arnold Schwarzenegger t- tell Ice Pond. Oh yeah, that was Jill, you enunciate. Do you know what killed the dinosaurs? <laughs> the Ice Age. <laughs> also, also, also no, Uncle Alfred. Oh, that was another corny one. Batgirl mm. was horrible. Yeah, that was oh, pretty but, cringy. Uh, I had a huge old crush on Alicia Silverstone, but she had no business calling herself Barbara Gordon. No. Yeah. No. No. Also, she wasn't uh, even Barbara Gordon. She was Alfred's. Barbara, Alf, oh, she was Alfred's granddaughter. Yeah, that's what it was. That's right. She yeah, wasn't was, actually Batgirl. It was pathetic. Uh, you know, Poison Ivy was good on that, though. So I will give props. There you go. Jay, I found one good thing for Batman. Robin. Uma Poison Thurman Ivy. Is, is Poison Ivy. Oh, I was going to oh, ask you guys what you thought of that of, of Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. I mean, it was I. I growing up and, and seeing Swordfish and all that stuff. You know, later on, I was. But like again, when I was young, I was like. Okay, yeah, but they I mean, always met the poison ivy that way. She was the best part of that movie. Doesn't yeah. say much about her portrayal of it. The only thing that movie <laughs> did right was give us the luchador bane instead of the the breathing problem need to be on a respirator. the The pre COVID nineteen bane, where he's got to be on a respirator. I mean, although that did give us a great interpretation for Harley Quinn. Yes. Bane, Bane, that's my name. You know, anyway. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Like it went back to his roots and it just made him a mute gruff who was oh, and didn't say anything other than like guttural growls. But I agree with you. At least it attempted to stay within the original line. Again, that movie was just I think everyone just canned it. The best movie we never saw, the best superhero movie we never saw. Nicolas Cage, Superman. Wait, come back. Nicholas Cage, Superman. Superman. <sighs> I think we would have loved that one. That would have been the death of Superman. We would have loved that one. Lois, Real I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> since, since we were talking about Batman, I forgot I had this. Corbin, uh, I did uh, I did shit on what you were saying earlier about Batman Forever, but okay. I need you to understand that I'm still playing this, my okay. friend. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm with it. I it that I Put that cover up again. That is just gorgeous. <laughs> Even with the price tag on oh it on the God. other side. <laughs> I am spooning right now. Okay. That's perfect. There you yeah. go. You won my point back. Game on Expo. There you year. go. Okay. There it is. I can't. Uh, it's a shame, Matt. It's a shame. The game was better than the movie. And the game was not good. <laughs> Listen, listen, listen. I can't say anymore. I've said, I've said my piece. Yeah, it's, but I'm with it's you. Okay. I've already got my speech. I have no other notes. No <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. Can you guys yeah. think of any anything else? Any other uh, movies? I will say real quick, I think Iron Man doesn't get as much praise as it should because they took a character that is super unlikable and relatively unknown oh. aside from deep cut comic nerds. Uh, and they launched an entire universe with him as like the driving force behind it uh, to pull out 
they eventually got to the bigger names like Cap and Thor. But to start with Iron Man, it had to be great. And That's another one. Yeah. Is, I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better Tony Stark. That's true. Very true. They they, yeah. they nailed that whole casting for that, and that was the centerpiece of everything that evolved around it. I don't, but the yeah. weird if thing that is, movie didn't wasn't great, I don't think the Marvel universe would have blown up the way that it did. Yeah, and the weird thing is, is that they didn't go entirely untrue to the Tony Stark character. He right. Robert Downey Jr. just found a way to take those aspects and make them likable. You know, right. his his just I think that dude's just natural charisma just comes well, out. He, he's just he, he's he's a charismatic dude who has an addiction of some sort. It's just RDJ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was an amazing job. That's true. I mean, I mean, you look at Disney Plus and the first one you see before Darth Vader, before um anyone is Iron Man holding up like like he is the basis of of the MCU. The reason this yeah. crazy it is. And, like, uh, before, like, all the comic book movies started getting big, everybody knew Batman, everybody knew uh, Superman, Spider-Man, and, like, some of the X-Men because they were just around in cartoons and everywhere else. But that's what kind of brought people into, like, oh, there's all this other crap going on out here. Yeah. Whole new world, yep. That was was hard. (laughs) I was just about to (laughs) break into that, too. I'm so glad you got to it first. You know what's funny, though? I will say I don't remember anyone for as much as some people on this show just kiss Todd Phillips, but I don't remember anyone mentioning the Joker, Matt. I have not seen it. I think the Joker's a fantastic movie. You don't have to see it. It's not fine. You should. It's all right. I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's. It's like the world's greatest comic book movie, or the top ten. In, in not even top ten comic book movie, but I think there's so many layers to that movie that you can unpeel. That it's not, you know, there's you can make the argument that it's not a comic book movie versus it is. It's you know, it seemed like the way that they framed it is it's kind of like an Elseworlds kind of thing, kind yeah. of like how they did with White Knight or any of these other just non continuity books. I yeah. just Joker is such a easy sell tickets character that or save a TV show character Gotham um, that I'm I'm just burnt out on him. The the only reason I didn't include Joker in this is because there's no there's not a lot of source material for his his origin story to go off of. Like, wh- where do you pick from? Do you take what Alan Moore did? Do you take you know some of the other the yeah. the uh, Joker standalone book? Yeah, the killing joke. Where, where do you pull from? There's not a whole lot. The, this the, is Joker, the only answer you need. Yeah, even in 20, <laughs> even in 2020, the Joker's origin is still a mystery, and and I think we're gonna see that come out in the next in the coming months with the Joker War stuff that's coming out and the the three Joker story that's coming out later on this summer. You're gonna see that, but. I, I think that there's not a lot to go off of for the Joker's origin that it, it, it stands alone because they built this character. They took the premise of the character they see in comics and gave him an origin story versus following the origin that's written in the comics. So that's the only reason I didn't include that in one of my top tens is because there's not enough, you know, comic book continuity to go off of for an or for that kind of origin story. I get you on that. I think that they made the mistake of trying to do a Joker origin story without any mention uh, or barely any Batman. 
Uh, even if you look at the time structure where how old Bruce Wayne was at the time, all of that, a lot of what made that dynamic what it was was literally the dynamic of two people. And I think when you take one out of the equation and you build off of one, yeah, you can make a compelling story up to a point, but then it, it is what it is from there. And it was just interesting. It was more like it felt more like a Heath Ledger, Asian of Chaos kind of Joker than anyone who had any type of comic book relevancy. Um, but I'm with you on that. That was a big point. But if they use a killing joke. I mean, boom. They would then have been using Batman. I'm sure that's a totally different thing, but it's already an Elseworld story, not even as comic book story as it is. They could have easily done that, but I'm with you. Um, another question I have for y'all. What, what do y'all feel about um, the Henry Cavill uh, Superman stuff? Because Terrible. for me, yeah, I'm kind of on that. I think, like, the thing that got me, obviously, was that big last, like, final act battle between um, Cavill and Michael Shannon, uh, General Zod, who I loved, but right. it killed, like, half the city. And then when Jonathan Kent, Kevin Costner, decides to walk into a literal tornado rather than reveal his son's powers to, like, 13 people. Like, I, I don't understand those two things. But aside from that, I just felt like I wasn't watching a Superman movie. It was a lot darker of a feel. I don't know. Like, like was there any thoughts on that? Because it didn't make anyone's best movies, but also didn't make anyone's worst. I, I think it's the best Superman we've had in a very long time, but that's not putting it up against a whole lot. Like, you got to go back to Chris Reeves uh, to, to get good Superman. Unless you like Superman Returns. Huh? Unless you like Superman Returns. Look, I think Brandon Routh. Is that Jesus Superman? After the the crisis stuff (laughs) on CW, Brandon Routh Superman, I think he needs another shot at Superman. I would agree. I I think Brandon Routh as Adam is way better than him putting on the S. If we got a Kingdom Come movie, him as Superman, Kingdom Come Superman, fantastic. Let's go. Give it I didn't mind Superman Returns. I, I like Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor too. And I thought he was good as spa- as Luthor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, that we'll, anymore. We'll, but I thought we'll, he was good. Uh, we'll never see that again. But like, no, yeah, no, 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 that's, that's true. true. That, 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 that movie Lex had me up until he picks up a Kryptonite oh. Island, and then I was like, "All right, this is done. This is done. That, that's it. We're gone." Have a nice day. <laughs> that's it. You know, the ship has left the rails. Yep, pretty much. I think for me, Man of Steel had me until Superman broke General Zod's neck. I started. Yeah. I started looking around the water for the the speedboat carrying Fonzie as he's about to jump the shark when he <laughs> looking at that island out of the water. But see, oh, I like Cavill as Superman. I don't like Amy Adams as Lois Lane, and I thought the writing was really weak, and they leaned too much on CGI for like to make the movie better. I, like- uh, I think you could have done more of a story between Zod and and Cal. That would have been super compelling. Yeah, I like Cavill's Superman, but I think his Clark Kent stuff is where the movie is weak. And I think his Clark Kent mm-hmm. stuff is weak because Superman always has always got that Boy Scout. He's the hope. And you're trying to give him this like dark and brooding like beginning and, and you're you're giving him a dark brooding Clark Kent and it doesn't That's true. It doesn't compute to the, the nature of the character and what the character stands for. And here that was them about- trying to match the, the Nolan darkness. Yeah. Because they're yeah. like, oh my god, do you see how much this caught fire? Let's do it for everything. But it works for Batman. It doesn't work because sure. he's born in that. But it doesn't work for Superman, who's that truth, justice in the American way type character. So that's true. I totally agree. With it, the most American alien ever. Right. <laughs> so uh, here's one thing. I would just before we go, uh, uh, kind of along these same lines, um, I really really can't stand ezra miller's flash he, um, watch out he might choke you 
Yeah, I know. But well, I think the, the the kid that plays him on the on the TV show is way better yeah. than, than this than his portrayal. I mean, that's not even Barry Allen at all. No, Ezra is playing more of a Bart or a Wally. Um, but Grant Gustin is Bummer Barry. Hello. <laughs> yeah, he's right here. Jay Ezra, Ezra Miller wants to wants to talk to you real quick. He's got a question <laughs> to ask you. Oh, you got him on the on the line there, huh? He wants to know oh, if you want, he wants to know if you want to fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll take him. I think I can take Ezra Miller. <laughs> he said he said he's ready to choke you. I got a, oh I got, my gosh. I got a, a pipe behind my back, so you know I can. <laughs> Yeah, that that was that's that's one another one that I just I can't stand. In fact, I, I cringe whenever he even talks. You know, I'm just like, but I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel because he took a character as cool as a Flash and made him look like a whiny little punk. I just push people and run away. You know, <laughs> like I don't save people. I just push people and run away. Yeah, that's definitely well, one aspect. But yeah, I don't I, understand. I don't find anything redeeming about any of those movies. Um, I think their best character is Wonder Woman, and they utilize her only when they need something pretty on screen. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I don't like any of those. I think Ben Affleck's Batman is redeeming. I would have loved to seen a Batman movie with him as Batman. Yes, but- why can't we just get an old Batman movie? That's it. Sorry, I, just, I don't think we got enough of, of him as Batman, honestly. And I know we got it in Batman Superman, we got it in Justice League, and we got it a little bit in Suicide Squad, but you know, I would have loved to see him get his full shot at a full movie, but yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't mind Ben Affleck at all either. But this is something about- huh? You get Matt Damon as the bad. Joker. <laughs> He's better than Christian Bale, you think? I, I ooh, Ben Affleck or Christian Bale? That's tough for me, though. I I like Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne a little more than 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 Christian Bale. I like that Christian Bale is sitting in a dark room with covered sheets over everything and just crying. <laughs> yeah, because that's what Bruce Wayne does on the, when he's not being Batman. I'll say it. I'll take this down. I prefer Ben Affleck's Batman to, to Christian Bale, hands down. Mm-hmm. I think maybe I just got more runtime of Christian Bale. Like I, I prefer Ben Affleck's Batman to Christian Bale's easily. I mean, forget the throat cancer. Just, just in general, I, I preferred like how he was. But like the Bruce Wayne, I just felt like I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. I have to rewatch it. Maybe. I, Christian Bale is the one Bruce Wayne that's still in my mind. You know what I mean? So that's why. But I'm with you. So let me let me ask you guys this. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Did I cut somebody off? Mm-hmm. Let me ask you guys this. Oh, who's who's Alfred? Do you guys like better? Do you like Michael Caine or Jeremy Irons? Michael Caine. I mean, I mean, if it's between those two and just those two, it has to be Michael Caine for me. Yeah. 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 Jeremy Irons didn't do bad, but. It has to be Michael Caine for me. Alfred is, and again, we go back to this. Alfred is older than Batman. Alfred raised Batman. You sit here and tell me that you think Jeremy Irons looked older than Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne? No. Just by like a few years, if if at all. Michael Goff is still the best best Alfred of all. He's the blueprint. He's the Christopher Reeves of a character. 
or the Hugh Jackman of a character in the comic book world. I think there's like five to maybe six people. And if you take the MCU, I probably have 10. That when you right. think of the character, that actor is that character. Right. Iron yeah. Man. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure at this point the Hulk distinguished himself. Captain America. I don't think so. I still don't think. You like Edward Norton better? N- no, but I mean, I, I think mean, how, that, how else did he not distinguish himself? Well, I think because like, I think that character that character is more interchangeable than anybody else in the the MCU. Bruce Banner, yeah. I mean, yeah. I kind of feel you in the sense because he doesn't really. Have, but that's like saying Iron Man is interchangeable. You have to have the person behind it. Do you think when you think Bruce Banner, someone that accurately represented the pain and the struggle and you know being this hulking monster and being someone who wants to have a normal life that you'll never have i look at his initial reaction when you go hey what do you you know who who could you play iron man tony stark who could you play iron man robert Downey jr there's no other nobody else for me who would you recast i wouldn't that's it who did you play bruce banner uh, well, I mean, Edward Norton did fine. Mark Ruffalo did okay, but you could you could pick some Lou Ferrigno, yeah. You could pick somebody else for that role, and it, it would still go on. But can do you think you can replace? Do you do you say you could watch you could watch the uh, first Avengers movie and you could replace Chris Evans as Captain America, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, um, Thor? You know, replace all these other characters, even Hawkeye, even you know, and say, well. I think this could have been casted better. I just don't, I don't see it. Whereas Hulk, I'm like, I could, you know, I could take, if it would be fine with, it would be the same with Edward Norton versus Mark Ruffalo. It's, it would make no difference to me. Yeah. Well, when you think war machine, if you're not thinking Terrence Howard, you did something wrong. I agree there. 100%. (laughs) I prefer Terrence Howard over Don Sheetle. Next (laughs) time, time, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And that next time never came. Some say he's still sitting there waiting for his next time. Don Cheadle grew on me because when I saw Iron Man, I was like, what? No, no. But then, like, by Endgame, I was like, mm, that's Don He Cheadle. grew on me in, in Civil War. When I finally I, started liking John, Don Cheadle with Civil War, but. Yeah, I love Don Cheadle's acting, but as, as, as War Machine, no, I wanted mm. to be Terrence Howard. I think their personality would be better. You need that same, I feel like that brashness to kind of. Con- it would have been just a clash of ego. It would have worked. In a way that you didn't get with Cheeto, because Cheeto's just not—he's more funny in like a a dry humor type way, like in his own reserved spot. Now their chemistry was great, but I feel like you would have had that combativeness that would have made Iron Man two so much better between Terrence Howard and uh, Robert Downey Jr. Cheeto and, and RDJ's humor are different flavors of the same thing. Yeah. Where I would have had Rocky Road and like Brownie Blitz if I had Robert Downey Jr. and Terrence Howard. So I I really wish you would have had a shot, but Grizzle, you know, Mike from Grizzle Geek says, "Don't ever say an unkind word about the Hulk." I modeled my entire life after the Hulk. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, that's saying okay. We're gonna leave that alone. <laughs> Got it, Mike. Come to you for the facts. Yep. <laughs> oh, you guys got anything? Uh, any other movies you want to touch on? Anybody buy any books that are not necessarily new but new to you? I did. What you get? I bought Amazing Spider-Man 252, the first black costume and continuity in 9.0, graded. And then I bought um, Amazing Spider-Man 361, 362, and 363, the first appearance of Carnage. Wow. Yeah. I I have been sick, so I didn't go anywhere. Um, I did have a a first printing of the Essential Marvel Spider-Man Volume 1 finally come in after like four weeks in the mail. So that was good. Um, 
and it's really just a collection of Spider-Man's first 20 adventures, but it was the first printing of that like trade paperback thing, which I love those. So um, that was cool for me. But aside from that, yep, wasn't able to do anything because you know I've been out of it. So yeah, I haven't, uh, haven't bought anything. Read a lot. Reread the boys again. There you go. Wow. Yeah, I've got the first omnibus here, and then I've got the rest on digital. Uh, but yeah, I've just been going backlog stuff and rereading just old stuff that I've been like, I'm going to definitely get caught up on that at some point, but never do like X-Men. There you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I'm, 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 I'm back. I'm ready for these books and I'm biding my time for Phoenix Infusion. So there I am. Yeah, that would have oh, been yeah. this weekend. That would have been this coming weekend. I know. I, that's why I brought it up. <laughs> I am so itchy to get back to work for our panels. I am ready to go. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm excited. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna happen. So I'm disappointed what, that it, it didn't happen this weekend, but I understand the circumstances. We'll see you in September. And you know what? Silver lining though, you know how much nicer it's gonna be outside in September? Absolutely, yes. Ooh. That's true. <laughs> That's <laughs> very true. That's gonna be exciting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'll be fun. And it's still enough cushion that I might feel better about myself for going staying out there <laughs> we'll see we'll but see yeah. what the next co- upcoming months have because we'll see what happens. everything opened as a friday and i've already seen people acting like this stuff is over and doesn't even exist anymore so oh yeah right. oh yeah yep also i have parting thoughts um and this is just for the i want to say lovely fans who watch the show but i don't know how lovely you guys are don't eat tuna fish <laughs> from circle k no, that, oh. that, that, that's not that's grow yeah. <laughs> or or sushi from Texaco, you know, yeah. same that's true. But but what I'm gonna say is on May 3rd, I assembled an Avengers lineup of Black Panther, oh my Iron God. Man, Vision, Quicksilver, Black Knight, Storm. He got muted. I'm just gonna tell you, he, he got, <laughs> muted. got muted after Black Knight. <laughs> he got muted. Listen, that was a legend, and I didn't win. And I went, Wow, well, that sucks, grapes, but I'll try it again. So then the very next week, what do I do? Batman Beyond, Superman, Wonder Woman, Supergirl, Batwoman, Robin, Power Girl, Red Robin, Steel, and the Spectre, and I lose again. And so you community, y'all suck. All right? Y'all wow. Suck. Right. Well, Corbin, Corbin Ford, <laughs> the views of Corbin Ford do not necessarily reflect those of the views of Spinner Rack. You know what? I want to see something real quick. So this is this is like a fantasy draft that you guys did? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I want to see Corbin talk shit to people live and in person. So we <laughs> usually do a fantasy draft at Con, and you come be on it and draft a team live in front of people. Hey, I'm here. Yeah, it's, it's, All right. It's, it's done. It's and when you lose, you have to go up to each and every one of those people and be like, you are wrong. Yeah, but Dude. see, here's the thing. When you do it live, everyone acts like you're picking like the best choice up there. Then at the end, that's when you kind of get the sad faces. Oh, but I am I, I will negotiate and plead my case to anyone as unlike the Avengers, whatever it takes. Okay. All right. I'll take out the dinner to talk about how wrong you are. It's on. Challenge accepted. All right. Let's go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just want the community to know that I put up two championship worthy rosters and got no love. And I and get it. That's a deep for a third. In September. Oh wow! <laughs> okay, okay, we'll see about that. One. I'm not drafting, by the way. <laughs> that's my that's my parting shot, man. I'm thank you for giving me. We'll see. I'm I'm ready for you now, man. Let's go. 
Part, right. Parting words from Mike from Grizzle Geek is in your face. <laughs> wow. Okay, so. Mike. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm not through the facts. But oh man. All right. Well, I think that'll that's a good place to end. Uh, tune in next week for more of Corbin cries. <laughs> hear, what, hear what Corbin whines about next week. <laughs> the rage of Corbin. Yeah. I He's just going to go over Batman Forever again. <laughs> I think we have to make a clip of my def- defense of this movie, and that has to be a defense forever. Unless asked about it, you know, in the street. <laughs> That'll be the wa- the new Watch Along episode. Ooh, yes, we sh- Yes, we'll talk about that later. But Where yes. Corbin watches it all by himself because nobody else is going to subject themselves to that punishment. I, wow. it's, been a, it's actually been a quite a long time. It's since been a I've long time. That. I think we need to refresh our memories, but for another story. Well, uh, Anthony, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone about uh, Read a Comic Book where they can find you? Go ahead and plug your plug your stuff. Yeah, so uh, we've taken a little bit of a break because uh, we can't be around each other. Uh, but we will be back. Uh, we have our entire uh, catalog at readacomicbook.com. Uh, we'll be back up and recording here shortly, hopefully. Uh, but you can download on everywhere. Yes. yes everywhere. iTunes, Google, places. Download it. Put me in your ears. There you go. Um, guys, I want to thank you for hanging out with us today in the chat and checking out Tales from the Spinner Rack. If you like this show, please make sure to hit that subscribe button. Turn that notification on so you know when we go live every Sunday at 3 p.m. Uh, make sure to hit that like button. If you're listening to this on Tuesday on any of your podcasting platforms, please make sure to download and leave us a review as it goes a long way to help us in the podcast standings. Um, but for this week's episode, our issue of Tales from the Spinner Rack, I'm Matt... I'm Corbin. I'm Jay. And I'm Anthony. Yay. And we will (laughs) see you guys next week with hopefully new book reviews. Some new book reviews. Um, But same Spinner Rack time, same Spinner Rack channel. And we leave you with these parting words from friend of the show, Mike from Kissel Geek, that says, I can't hear Corbin over how awesome my win is. Boom. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I don't know how I lost. <laughs> I know how you lost. You draft an entire team of nothing but Batman and Superman. That's a solid team. You don't go wrong with the foundation of the DC universe. I guess unless you're Corbin. You can go wrong with the foundation of that mute button. <laughs>